Writers Wanted at the 6th Annual La Jolla Writers Conference, October 20 through 22, 2006, where New York Times best-selling authors, editors, agents, publicists, screenwriters, and poets will help you find your voice and perfect your craft. Get feedback on your work from New York Times bestsellers James Gripondo, Linda Leo Miller, Steve Berry, Margaret Weiss, Catherine Ryan Hyde, and a host of other outstanding authors. Participate in read and critique classes with renowned literary agents and editors and know that you can later submit to them on a first-name basis. Hone your screenwriting skills with Alan Russell and Warren Lewis, the writer of Black Rain, The 13th Warrior, and other movies, and find out what it takes to get your small press book on the shelves of Barnes & Noble with Marcella Smith of their New York office and Jan Nathanson of PMA. Whether you write fiction or nonfiction, whether you're looking to jumpstart your writing career or simply hone your craft, join the unique writing community of the La Jolla Writers Conference October 20th through 22nd. For more information, check us out at LaJollaWritersConference.com or call 858-467-1978. The La Jolla Writers Conference, turning writers into authors and authors into bestsellers. Listening to World Talk Radio, where the world comes to talk. Welcome back to World Talk Radio. I'm Jerry Prokopovich at East Carolina University, talking with Jim Prococo of West Springfield High School in Springfield, Virginia, about the teaching of American history and the uh, use of uh, the value of getting outside the classroom, of taking students around seeing history where it takes place. Specifically, we were just talking about a, a Lincoln pilgrimage, one might say, that he, on which uh, Jim and his students went last year, going through uh, Cincinnati to visit the convention of the Abraham Lincoln presenters, as well as some uh, artwork there. We hopefully can talk about a little more. From there to Fort Wayne, Indiana, the home of the Lincoln Museum, and from there to uh, the heart of Lincoln Country, Springfield, Illinois. Uh, Jim, Springfield was your your big stop on the trip, I gather. Yes. Now you, we were just talking in the last segment about the power of artifacts, the the experience you had seeing a copy of the Thirteenth Amendment with Lincoln's signature on it. Of course, he, as uh, president, was not required to sign a constitutional amendment, but chose to do so to show just how much how importance he placed on that amendment that would end slavery. And there are only a few surviving copies that have his signature, and, and you got to see one up close, no no glass intervening, just there's the document right there. From there you go to Springfield, where there's a very different kind of museum, and I, 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 I'm of two minds about the place, and I, I've certainly shared in, in print and, and on the show and other places my thoughts that that there could be a little more of the authentic there, a little more of the artifact, 
and uh, maybe a little less of the technology. Your students, on the other hand, uh, from what you wrote, seem to enjoy it quite fully. Yes, and and I and 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 I certainly understand, you know, where where your perspective is coming. And we we again got a red carpet treatment there. We um, we got to go behind the scenes for. Um, you know the ghost of the library the actor came out and talked with us and the kids were we got a private showing of that and then we went over uh, to uh meet with Kim Bauer and you know Kim pulled out all these other really cool civil war era documents so i i think part of what we experienced was not what you know the average visitor would experience but i i do feel that that the kids really felt that in the museum um, that Lincoln's life does come alive to them, and that the message of Lincoln's life is very much a part of that experience. Um, so I don't, I, you know, I I didn't take it as being uh, a negative. I thought that I agreed with the kids, and that I thought that Lincoln's story um, really came through over and above the, the bells and whistles that they used to to convey the story. Well, I'm glad to hear that. It's hard uh, from your perspective or mine already knowing the Lincoln story in in ways we already do. It's hard to judge uh, sometimes what impact that has. I know, uh, I don't know if Tom Schwartz will remember this, but when when he came to the Lincoln Museum in Fort Wayne when we opened in 1995, I I believe, I hope I'm not being unfair to Tom, he was one who thought it was a little bit more Disneyfied than he might have preferred. And, of course, ironically, he is now uh, in charge there in Springfield, uh, at least temporarily, and uh, the interim director of that museum. And it's much more Disney-fied than any other historical museum probably in the country. Uh, I'm not sure Tom that was Tom's doing by any means. Right. Uh, and... and Yet that that is the trend to make museums more accessible to young visitors by making them more exciting. Uh, well, I, you know, I um, as part of my own odyssey to un- uncover Lincoln through these monuments, I, I I took myself to Anaheim, California, and went to uh, Disneyland and um, got permission from the Disney Company to go to the Great Moments with Mr. Lincoln and. Um, uh, interview people after I sat in the show. I was somewhat disappointed that on, 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 a, on a gorgeous day, there were a handful of people in a in a in a, in a auditorium that would hold up to 500 people. And while I thought it was good and 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 interesting, um, I, I think the museum is is better because it's there's a greater context. You know, in Disneyland, you're there and sort of going into the world of tomorrow, the world of the past, you know, how Disney laid it out. And then you come on, you know, great moments with Mr. Lincoln where where it competes with Pirates of the Caribbean and the Haunted Mansion. In, in Springfield, you don't have that competition. And I, I think the context works much better there than it does, say, in, in Disneyland. Well, but you have a different kind of competition. I'm curious how your students respond to, to this. The students went to Lincoln's home. Right. You talked to Tim Towns and the other historians there and saw where Lincoln actually lived. 
And then they also saw this uh, very technologically sophisticated presentation of the Lincoln story uh, with a rather sparse number of actual relics or or artifacts in the museum, uh, which made the bigger impression on on the students. Well, actually, there was a split. Some of the kids thought the most impressive moment was visiting Lincoln's tomb. Ah, which which was the very last thing we did. Right. Um, I think I think some of the students were interested in sort of the sort of again the behind the scenes stuff that goes on at at Lincoln Home. Um, But I think I think in all honesty the the museum to them gave a fuller story, even though they had walked in the place where Lincoln had walked and through the house and you know where he greeted all those people after he received the nomination in 1860 and um, as an adult I certainly had a greater sense of tapping into Lincoln in the Lincoln home but I also know that I've seen kids change in the 27 years that I've taught and reaching young people today and getting them fired up about history is is very different than it was when I first got here mm-hmm. and the technology that's available to us and the various websites we can use in our instruction. I mean, kids are, they're, they're wired very, very differently. And so I understand um, why a museum like the Lincoln Museum in Springfield would, would reach them in a way that the Lincoln home wouldn't. But at the same time, I was really struck by the number of kids that were very moved in, in Lincoln's, at Lincoln's tomb. Well, that that makes sense that, that students would, as you say, respond differently to to different things. And if the Lincoln Museum in Springfield serves the purpose of drawing people in, getting them interested, uh, and and then maybe increases their sensitivity to why the tomb or why the Lincoln home is so important, right? Uh, then then it's achieved its goal. Yeah, I agree. I would agree with that. Um, the, oh, go ahead. But you know the. I think the kids just really liked being in Springfield, Illinois, um, it, because it's so very different from Springfield, Virginia. Um, they weren't used to the fact that stores closed at 5 or 6 o'clock. Um, so there was that kind of element, too. There was that kind of learning going on, too, that sort of regional difference, which I think, I think is, is important um, for, for kids to understand that even though we're sort of more, much more homogenized as a society, that there are still there still remain kind of nifty vestiges of of regionalism. There, there certainly do. I'm, I'm not even sure I would use the word nifty. I, I think my my 14 year old, having moved here to North Carolina from uh, from the Midwest when when she was 11, has mastered a mock North Carolina dialect, uh, <laughs> which she uses with great bitterness toward me when she reminds me that I made her move here. Um, there are regional differences, and they are, are quite pronounced uh, uh, at different levels when you get to them. Not that my daughter's unhappy or anything. No, no, I've her dad a hard time. Um, you mentioned when you were at the, the Springfield Museum that you got to see the, the exhibit Ghosts of the Library, which is a, a fabulous multimedia affair that, that has a stage set that looks like a historical archive. Um, I, I have I have some problems with that that show, starting with the premise that they begin with the the archivist on stage saying, 
why do we keep all this old stuff? And my, my problem starts there, which is everybody keeps old stuff. Right. We all have old letters or old baseball cards or you know, old uh, toys or baby shoes. I mean, everybody keeps old stuff. You don't have to explain that to people. It, it's, it struck me the thing was being written by somebody who didn't keep old stuff. Well, that's a good point. That's a really good point. Uh, that, that, that's just not something we need to be taught uh, unless you're really not a historical person. And I've, I've got the feeling that people who wrote some of that really weren't. But I wanted to ask you, you said that you got a private showing and they showed you how it was done. Uh, were you put under oath not to tell anyone how it was done? No, no. How, how um, did, how'd they make that guy disappear at the end? Or, or whatever it was, he, he, he turns into... How'd they make the whole room disappear? Well, it's in terms of the, the process that they use. Yeah. Um, well, basically what the actor did was he just came... He walked off and the lights changed and then he comes back out and he came out in front and talked with us and then took us up to the... There's actually like a... A thin screen that goes between the up on the stage that the general public can't go on. There's a, a thin screen that you could look behind, and he kind of pointed out, well, you know, I stand here, and I, you know, I've done the show so many times that I know where to go, as the because it's it's lip synced, so I, I know I where to go at, at different I, moments. Yeah. Um, so I, I think what 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 struck the kids about that was sort of the. Uh, Kind of the the whimsical use of of effects um, in there. The the one thing in the museum that really all the kids thought was the best was the movie Lincoln's Eyes. Every I mean, it was interesting and it was neat to see how the the Ghost of the Library worked. But mm-hmm. the kids were that's the one thing that they all talked about really time and time again. Yes. Well, that, that was good. Now, me, I like the Civil War in four minutes. That's good, too. Isn't that that is very good. It's, it, 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 the, the graphics work very powerfully in there. I thought so. Well, the music says, unfortunately, we're running out of time. But uh, to anyone listening, if you have not been to Springfield, Illinois, to see the Lincoln Presidential Museum, if you're listening to the show, you will like the Civil War in four minutes. It's a, a pretty nice uh, uh, exhibit. and It only takes four minutes. Well, Jim, I, I'm very much looking forward to your book. What is the provisional title of your next book? The provisional title is My Summers with Lincoln, uh, One Man's Odyssey Through America's Monumental Mania with the 16th President. And with that, you'll be able to go uh, on paper with Jim Prococo across the country seeing the Barnard statue in Cincinnati, the uh, Paul Manship statue in Fort Wayne, and dozens of others uh, and find out how we interpret uh, the president in marble and bronze. Uh, well, Jim, hopefully uh, you'll be able to come back uh, when that book is out and we can talk about that too. Would love to. Thank you for being with us today, Jim Prococo, and listeners, thank you for joining us on Civil War Talk Radio. Thanks so much, Jerry. Take care. Bye-bye.